So welcome to the first Path of a Plumber podcast. I'm here with Jason Lohoff. Thank you. Um, you're actually my client. We've known each other for a year, year and a half now. Um, and obviously worked with other plumbing companies that I serviced before. Uh, and I, I kind of want to make this podcast about kind of telling the story of like someone who starts as a journeyman plumber and then starts his own business. And I felt like you were the perfect person to start with. <laughs> so how would you describe like you got started in the plumbing industry? Like what year, what time, like describe it. So I really tell everybody I've been doing it my whole life, right? My dad was a plumber uh, and a little what we call today, what I call a chuck in a truck. Um, and, you know, there was no internet or anything back then. So he just had a little business card size ad in the yellow pages and uh, got word of mouth. And that was pretty much everything that we did. And so growing up, I just went to work with my dad uh, and really grew up that way and just kind of came up in the trades through that. Ended up getting a job with, you know, an, another company and another company and somebody else and working for bigger and more experienced companies, kind of learning the ropes and learning different sides of the business. And really at that time, uh, things were starting to diverge from where as a plumber, you just did a little bit of everything. Things were becoming much more segmented where yeah. you specialized in something, right? You were either a water plumber, you were a drain plumber, you were a gas plumber, new construction, TI, renovation construction, yeah. that type of thing. So I, it really kind of allowed me to diverge my skills at that time. And I kind of did a little bit of everything. Uh, just kind of learning the ropes and went to work for other guys before starting my own. Yeah. You, you, you helped start a lot of like service plumbing divisions, right? Yeah. And what would you say that you saw made people successful and things that didn't? Like what, what, what did you see kind of the thing that when you said, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it this way, but not do it that way? Probably the biggest thing is it comes down to commitment, right? Because I would see a lot of guys would kind of dip their toe in the water a little bit. And uh, I'm going to start a plumbing company and maybe they owned an AC business and they'd say, I'm going to start a plumbing company and I'm going to put $1,000 a month into it and I want six trucks to be busy all the time. That's, yeah. that's not reality, right? Yeah. And, and you know that and I know that, but it's funny because when you're on the outside looking in, kind of like some of those guys are, they didn't really get it and, and they think that calls just materialize or they would look at an older established business that's been in business 20, 30 years and say, well, they're running eight trucks and they don't really do any advertising per se and they can keep eight trucks on the road, but they didn't necessarily realize that it took 20 or 30 years to be able to keep eight trucks busy with word of mouth and, and your existing clientele. Yeah. So they didn't really look at that. So the, a lot of guys would really just kind of dip their toe in the water and say they wanted to be in the plumbing business, but they really weren't. And, and they, they really weren't getting those calls and they really weren't in the forefront of the customer to, to catch that attention and to get that call that you need to be able to grow a business, then to be able to have that clientele that will bleed through three years out, five years out, 10 years out, that will allow you to maybe reduce some of your marketing size and or to scale. They didn't do that. So that was one of the biggest things I noticed that guys just didn't do as they would, as I would go and I would start a company and they would certainly give you a great spiel about how much they wanted to be in the plumbing business. Yeah, They wanted to be in the plumbing business to make money, but they just didn't want to have to invest in the plumbing business because that they weren't real sure about exactly how to monetize that into a customer acquisition or into a customer that would be with you. Yeah. A lifetime customer. Yeah. Out, yeah. Right? Well, and so what made you finally say, okay, I'm just going to start my own thing. Cause obviously you've had a lot of success helping other people build their business. But when was that moment where you're like, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet and do it myself. I think it was kind of a confluence of events. I, I had gone through a lot of different stuff as far as working for other companies and scaling them really big, right? Taking them from where they were doing zero to, a million, two million a year, and taking a company that was doing 
a million a year to doing three to five, six million dollars a year. And that was nice to see, but number one, obviously, I wasn't getting exactly what I wanted out of that. Yeah. Although I was taking care of fairly for that, it just wasn't exactly where I wanted to be. I didn't have enough control on the back end to see once I take a company from one to five million, where's it going to go from there? Are we going to hit 10 or are we going to stay at five? And what are the rewards going to be for not just me, but for my guys? And I had a crew of guys that had really followed me around for a long time. And then I started noticing the last company I was at had an owner that maybe wasn't exactly uh, looking out for the best interest of the guys, right? And so the call volume would drop significantly. And rather than investing in getting calls and my guys are sitting there starving and not having calls for a month, two months, three months at a time, it just kind of turned into a situation where I didn't want to see my guys go through that. I think that the guys that I work with and the guys that have always followed me and have always worked with me are true professionals, right? They're, they're guys that are true professional plumbers. And so they've done their apprenticeship and they've done their time in the trenches and they've spent five, 10, 15 years working and honing their craft and their skills. And to see a guy like that have to sit there and say, sorry, I can't make rent this month or I can't buy that new tool or whatever it is, just because as the business owner made a choice not to have calls that month because he didn't want to invest. Instead, he wanted to invest in his new toy or girlfriend or whatever the case is. That wasn't a position I wanted to be in. So that was for me, the straw that broke the camel's back where I said, enough is enough. If, if it's mine, I can control that. And I really did it for my guys. I wanted to open a shop where I could guarantee my guys, you'll be busy all the time because if you're not, it all falls on me because I'm never going to have that situation where I'm going to look at you and say, I'd rather have this toy than have calls this month. So I I made that decision to really kind of jump in both feet and no turning back, but to make sure that my guys would always be taken care of, always have work, and always be able to provide for their families as they should with a, a skill set like they have. Yeah, and I can personally vouch for you on that because I've, I've seen, I work with a lot of different business owners, plumbing owners that, you know, they, they want to do marketing, but once it really comes down to spending the money, they pucker up pretty quick, like once we get past a certain number. And when me and you talk, it's always been, call volume, how many calls, and even sometimes I've told you, I've said a number like, oh, it's going to be $1,000 a day, and you're like, but am I going to get 10 calls? Okay, do it. Because right. you're, you know, you know, I need the calls. It's a huge risk, right? And I feel like if you don't really know the business, you can become very scared by that because you look at the upfront cost. And that can be daunting, I think, to anybody, right? If, if I was to take my marketing budget on a monthly basis and say to anybody, I need you to give me $50,000, and I'll give you some calls, and let's see what you can do with it. That's a huge risk, right? Nobody wants to gamble 50000 and I don't either, or 40 or 30 or 25 whatever it is. Yeah. Nobody wants to gamble that. But you've got to look past that, and you've got to have faith in yourself and your, your team that if I spend 25000 that's going to work out to this many calls, and on this many calls, I know that the team I have will achieve this dollar average per ticket, and therefore I'm making money, so it allows me to scale, it allows me to grow, it allows me to turn a little bit of a profit, and so that's more what it's about. So for me, when I spend, and that's why you and I, when we talk, we talk calls, right? What's my monthly call volume gonna be? What is my weekly call volume gonna be? And I don't look at daily, because every day can fluctuate, two days, three days, whatever. Yeah. But I'm in this on a month on, month on, month on, month off basis. In other words, this month is what I need to deal with right now. Next month, I'll deal with next month. But for this month, I need to know that if I give you $25,000, I'm going to get 
250 calls and those 250 calls we're going to average a thousand dollar ticket average cool i made two hundred fifty thousand dollars on my twenty five thousand dollar investment so i need to really be able to have faith and trust in my guys that they're going to achieve that and in myself that i've got the process dialed in enough that my guys have the ability to do that without us having to rush through a call or burn a call or anything like that so that we can really make it work throughout and not waste the money and it doesn't become as big a gamble as what it looks like if you just look at it up front and say give me $25,000 and I'll give you some calls. Yeah. That becomes a little bit more scary, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we were talking earlier about cuz I, I was also telling you that in my experience there's a I deal with a lot of different guys that sometimes I can get them the same call volume but they don't have the same success on the sales side. And you've seen to to figure it out a way because, I mean, we run basically a $39 drain special. Yeah. But you were telling me that your ticket average is eight seventy two. That's a pretty, you know, big gap to go from a $39 drain special. And you were saying there's a bunch of calls that you make zero on. You, right. didn't, you didn't make nothing. Sure. And But you found a way, and I thought it was the restoration thinking that, you, you know, the insurance. And you're like, actually, that doesn't even make my real money. It's the other stuff. So how, how do you, you know... How, what do you think is the secret sauce that you've had? Not that you want to give away the secret, but just yeah. <laughs> kind of how, how, how you've kind of managed that system. I think it's in the process, right? And everybody has a, a process that they do, and I think every company does. And obviously, I think mine's better than anybody else's. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here and be willing to take those gambles that I'm willing to take. But it's in the process of when you start the call, from the second the phone rings, how my girls in the office book that call, all the way through until we're done with that job. And we're looking at it on a long-term basis, both in achieving that customer now. Chances are, if a customer's calling you now for a problem, they have more than one thing they need done. So let's look at that, look at that as, as an opportunity. Let's take that chance to grow the ticket right now. But I'm also looking to, as you said, make a lifetime customer, right? I'm looking to have that customer in my database as a customer that I can use that will only use me as their source for plumbing, whatever plumbing it might be, for the rest of their life. So now I've gained a long-term customer and a short-term customer. And then the process that we use when the guys are in the field, right? How they interact with the customer, the service that they provide, the way they park. You know, I'm sure if you ask my service manager or anybody like that, I'm probably a real jerk to work for because I yell about the way you park on the street. I yell about the way that their uniform looks. I yell about the way that they approach the customer. I yell about the way that they write their ticket but it all plays into it it's all part of the process and if you follow the process then in the long term that customer wants to spend money with you they want to have their issues solved now and you have a chance to deal with any future issues in the future yeah. and they're going to use you but it's really in that process that we're able to do that and capitalize on that customer now to hit that ticket average right to turn it from 39 to 850 or whatever the case is yeah and so you've gone from residential service drains and now you're moving into more of the trenchless and the pipelining and kind of going after the commercial so you're kind of jumping into like a whole new segment of the business and how do you see that kind of complementing what you're already doing sure so we've always done residential right residential has always been our bread and butter it will always be our bread and butter we're never going to move away from that that's what we do and in residential i feel like we specialize and i think a lot of my competitors would agree that we specialize in the drain segment of residential here in the Phoenix marketplace. And so 
whether they like to admit it or not. And as long as I've been around, I've got my other competitors that will call me and ask me questions about how they achieve this, how they do that, how they can help this customer with that, how they get this drain job done. So I think we've always been the leader in that. And we've done pipe bursting and trenching and lining and things for that since day one. And we've always done that and we'll never stop. Now we're looking at growing a commercial side with the lining division um, and doing a lining inversion system. And I think that for us, the way that that complements it is there are high rises that don't have the ability to shut down for days on end. Yeah. And you've got 250, 300 residents living there and they need a new drain system and they're not going to go in and kick everybody out, especially when they're owned, right? Their condo complexes and stuff like that. You don't kick those people out. Yeah. And there's not a lot of companies out there that have the ability to go in, leave those people in place and redo the drains for that entire complex. And obviously from a monetary side, right? That's a huge job. That's a huge contract. That's a huge windfall for a company. But I also think that we have the ability to apply our same system that we use with residential that makes a customer happy and we can replace an entire drain system in a house and leave a customer in place and never have them move out. Why can't we do that with a 300 unit condo complex? Why can't we do that with a 25 unit strip mall? Why can't we do that with a high rise with 500 offices? So we've got the ability to do that with the lining process. And so we're just moving into that. I think it's just an extension of what we do on a little bit bigger scale, a little bit different technology, but it's still the same process for us, right? Yeah. Go in, take care of the customer, leave them in place, get the job done and make it happen and provide the very best service that we can. And that's what we're able to do. Yeah. And so just to recap kind of what I heard you say so far is what made you successful is you've, you've specialized in a certain part of the marketing, which is mostly residential drains. Uh, you were committed and all in on it, right? Meaning financially effort, you have a process and a system. Um, what else do you think would you say just on top of that has made you successful in kind of just building your business? I think after that, it really comes down to the employees, right? You, you're, you're only as good as your team is. And so for me, I think I have a great team uh, and, and we work very hard on that. We put our employees first and we operate as a team. Uh, I might be the coach of that team, but at the end of the day, we are 100% team and all the guys go after the same goal. We fill our guys in monthly on our financials, right? what our goal is, what you guys did for the last month, what your ticket average was, how you guys are achieving. And we'll rank our guys out from time to time and say, look, you know, this guy's number one, this guy's number two. And hey, unfortunately, you're number 12 and you're number 14, number 12, 13, 14. You got a little bit of work to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And then we'll stick them with the service manager, give them some sales training, give them some help to try to progress them. And if not, then we'll, we'll kind of go from there. But it all comes down to the team, how your guys are going to operate within the system Versus if a guy's going to buck the system. My system is my system. It's not going to change. You can jump on board with that, and hopefully we'll make some money together. If you're not going to jump on board with that, then that doesn't mean you're not a good person. That just means you're not a good person that has Master Rooter written on your back. You might need to go have somebody else's name written on your back. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? I think it's a good episode. Anything else you want to add? Or no. maybe shout out where people can find you? Obviously. Yeah, I think you you know, you definitely find us at www.masterrooterAZ.com. Uh, and as far as uh, anything else, you know, for anybody else that's listening, if you have any questions, any problems, we're always here to help out. Uh, somebody in my team will always make sure that you're taken care of right. Awesome. That was a good episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.